Our reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 16, and verses 22 to 26. The crowds joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Well, it's part two of our series, Life Songs, and we're looking at songs from the Bible that accompany us through life. Uh, Christians have always been a singing people. Right. In fact, it's been said that Methodism was born in song. That's a phrase you often hear uh, to describe the Methodist movement. In the earliest days of the church, Charles Wesley would take popular tunes of the day that were sung in pubs and in popular places, and he would write the Bible into them. He'd write scriptural truths into them so that the people could sing, and that by singing, they could get to know the great truths of the Bible. In fact, someone has even said that if the Bible were to be lost somehow, the Methodist hymn book could be used in its place. It contains all the truths of the Bible in its songs. Our songs, in a sense, define us as Christians. We don't just believe certain things. We celebrate these things. We sing in celebration. And when we sing, great things can happen in our hearts. In our reading this morning, we hear of Paul and Silas beaten and jailed for spreading the Christian faith. And as they sit in prison that night, what do they do? They don't cry. They don't even lament, as we spoke about last week. But we find them singing, singing hymns of praise to God. You see, this is the Christian spirit, friends. Ours is a faith that sings God's praise even in the storm. We just sung it, right? I'll praise you in the storm. Yes, we lament, as we learned last week. We don't, get, we don't uh, keep it all in. We let it out. But we don't get stuck in our laments. We sing God's praise, even in the storms. And when we do, when we begin to praise God, even in the midst of the storm, we find what we need to get through the storm. Now, this series is called Life Songs, and we're looking at songs in the Bible that accompany us through life. The Psalms uh, give us all sorts of songs of all sorts of different uh, genres and different themes, I guess, that accompany us as we read them and give us words to express what we're going through. And so, let's read a psalm of praise today. And as we read it, I want to encourage you to look, look for reasons to praise God in these words. Will you do that? Let's read Psalm 147. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. 
He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and his decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. What words, what words, what a song to sing in our storms. I want to use this song uh, to look at four things that we can be praising God for in this text. Let me take you through them. First, I want to say to you that we can sing a song of praise today because even in the storm, God is our delight. The psalm opens with these words, praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise him. How good, how pleasant. Another translation says, how delightful. You know, when life gets hard as it is now in these times, it's easy to miss sight of the good and pleasant things in our lives. We get so dominated by the difficulties, we, we, we miss the, the good things in front of us. We start to see everything as burdensome and worrying. But the truth is, if God is your delight, then even in the storms you can praise him. And the very act of praising gives you sweet pleasure to the soul. C.S. Lewis, that great author, uh, recognized this. Listen to these words of his from his book on the Psalms. He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. True, isn't it? The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. We praise things because when we praise them, we get joy. Our hearts get filled with excitement as we honor and praise things that we love. By expressing our delight, our delight increases. Why do parents praise their children when they do things well? Yes, because it honors the child, but also because it fills the parent with joy to speak about their children in this way. Why do sports lovers boast about their teams? Again, because it honors the team, yes, but also because it, it gives the person great joy in their heart to, to boast about it. Think of it, if you've watched a great movie or a great TV show, you want to tell somebody about it, right? You want to express the delight you found in it to whoever will listen because, yes, it exalts the experience you had, but sharing your delight increases the delight. You enjoy delighting in it. We praise God for the same reason because when we praise, we are filled with joy. Our delight is completed 
when we praise, as Lewis said. And so I hope you hear what I'm getting at here. We can praise God in the storms because by praising him, in the very act of praising him, we find delights. Even if there's not much else to delight in. I think perhaps this is why Paul and Silas could praise God in their prison cell because the prison cell didn't diminish their delight and their pleasure in who God was or is. Their hurt and their pain didn't diminish the joy they had in knowing the Savior, in loving the Savior. And so even with fresh wounds on their backs, even with their feet locked in stocks, they praised and they found joy in doing so. They were so happy just to know the God of the universe that they praised his name and their joy increased. Now we're in a storm right now, friends, you know, that, but that doesn't mean God is any less wonderful. Could it be that we are battling because we aren't praising? Could it be that if we take the psalmist's advice to praise the Lord, as he keeps saying in the psalm, praise the Lord, could it be that even in our storm, even in our jail cells, we will find joy and delight and pleasure in the one great God who loves us? I want to encourage you to sing a song of praise today in your heart and every day. Because it is good and it is delightful and it is pleasurable to express your love for God. And maybe, maybe you need to ask God to unlock that in your heart. Maybe you're still too self-conscious when you praise. You're so worried about what people think that, that joy never unlocks in your heart. Oh, forget about what people think when you sing God's praise, friends. Just, just love him and delight in him. And as you praise, your delight will increase. And so yes, sing his praise today and every day because your delight will increase as you do. Now secondly, we can sing a song of praise today because even in the storm, God is compassionate. So often storms come, we blame God. We say, you could have done something about this, Lord. You know, we imagine him as someone cold and distant and uncaring. But notice, that's not what Paul and Silas did. They praised God in their storm, in their jail cell. And it's because they knew that God was a God of love and grace. They knew that God was with them in the storm. And that he cared for them, even in their time of trial. In fact, our psalm earlier said this beautiful verse, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Yes, God could have prevented the broken heart in the first place and the wounds in the first place. But God has respected human beings enough to give them their free will. And then when people abused their free will and broke other people's hearts, God said, I'll be there. I'll be there to bind up your wounds and heal your broken hearts. I remember I was nine years old and I was playing cricket in the front yard as I would always do. The ball went over the wall. And so I hopped over, and on my way back, I, I got the jump wrong. I fell over the wall, and I cut my leg open. A huge hole opened up in my leg, sort of in my thigh, and blood started to spurt. I mean, I just get woozy thinking about it. <laughs> my parents heard my screams, and they did the wise thing. They came, and they took me to the emergency room. I can still picture that doctor when he took out the needle. <laughs> 
and injected it into the wound. It, it was horrible. And then he stitched me up, and I've still got the scars now on my leg today. But as I said, my parents did the wise thing. They took me to see someone who could help. They, they saw the size of the wound, and they said, a plaster is not going to work here. <laughs> we need a doctor. And so they took me to the doctor, and the wound healed because he tended to it. How are you doing today? How's your heart? Wounded, perhaps? Maybe you need the great doctor, the one who binds up wounds and heals the brokenhearted to get to work on you in your storm. Now, you can just put a plaster over the wound. You know, you can just cover your pain with all sorts of things, and maybe whatever wound you've got is easy to deal with. Maybe that'll do. But maybe you need more. Maybe you need the caring touch of God, the surgeon, to bind up your wound. Maybe as you praise, you will find that he brings healing to you as you spend that time in his presence. Do you know today that you can come to God with your brokenness? Do you know that he has seen you in your suffering and he longs for you to come to him so that he can do what he can do and heal you? You know, our hospitals may be full. It's a terrible situation. But you you never have to wait in God's waiting room. He'll see to you right away when you come to him. You can go to him any time of night or day and he will tend to you as you spend time with him in prayer. Would you... Would you praise him today because he's a compassionate God? I know many of you come to church and you do. You worship God because you've experienced this healing firsthand. Know today that God is worthy of our praise, even in our storm, because he's a God of compassion. He's a God who loves us enough to tend to our wounds with great love. In fact, verse 4 goes on to say this. He determines the number of the stars and he calls them each by name. Think about that, friends. God knows each and every star out there by name. How much more must he know your name? Jesus said that if God could care for the sparrows and the flowers, how much more he cares for us. God knows everything about you. Uh, I read a little story about... This little boy, four years old, who was trying to learn the Lord's Prayer. And every week at church, when the people prayed it, he tried to pray along. But he didn't know the words. And one day, uh, they could, as they prayed the Lord's Prayer, the whole church heard him above the crowd saying, Our Father who art in heaven, I know you know my name. I know you know my name. As you sit watching today, realize this, he knows your name. He cares so much about you, not just to leave you on your own as you struggle through the storm. He knows your heart. He has seen every second of your life. Why can we praise God in the storm? Why did, why did Paul and Silas praise God even in their jail cell? Because we are God's children. We are dearly loved by God. And so no matter what storms are in, we know that there is one who loves us. And so I hope that you'll have a song of praise in your heart today because he loves you and because he cares for you. Now third, today, we can praise God because even in the storm, God is our strength. God is our strength. Have a look at verse six. The Lord sustains the humble but costs the wicked to the ground. You know, on a piano, a sustain pedal is this pedal at the bottom that you press down with your foot and then when you press a key, you can let go of the key 
but it'll keep sounding. It'll carry on. It doesn't just cut out, it sustains, right? God sustains us in the storm. We don't just cut out and lose our voice immediately. He sustains us. He keeps us going if we are sticking to him. Uh, other translations say he supports the humble. He supports them like a strong, a strong beam to lean on when you feel like you may be toppling over. Or another translation says he lifts up the humble. Or one simply says he gives help to the poor in spirit. Why could Paul and, and Silas praise God? Why did they have a song of praise in their hearts even in their darkest hour? They were just attacked. They'd just been beaten, thrown into jail. But they praised because they knew that whatever happened to them, God was their sustaining strength and support and help. They knew that because they were gods, they could never be defeated by the storm. Now consider what they were facing. For all they knew, they were stuck in that jail for the rest of their lives. For all they knew, that was it. They didn't know what was going to happen. The future looked bleak from their perspective, no doubt. This may have been the end of everything that they'd worked for. As they sat in isolation in a cell, essentially waiting to die. Now many of us feel the same in our COVID-19 world. No hope for the future, right? Not sure if we're going to even see out the month, never mind the year. Many of us feel like all we've worked for has come to an end. Businesses have closed, right? A whole bunch of stuff that we've worked towards have come to nothing. Lots has been cancelled this year. We're kind of sitting in our own jail cells, and it could be easy for us to fall apart. It could be easy for us to just lose hope totally. But not if we sing a song of praise. Not if we find our strength and our sustaining power in God rather than our circumstances. Can we have a song of praise in our hearts today because God is sustaining us through the storm? Can we worship him and give him thanks just like Paul and Silas did because even when everything's falling apart, he is our strength, he is our sustaining strength. A few verses later, uh, the psalmist writes this, God's pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor is his delight in the legs of the warrior, but the Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. You see, it's not our physical strength that impresses God. It's not our physical strength that gets us through. It's our hope in God's unfailing love. And so come today and sing your song of praise. Every day, sing a song of praise even in your storms because it's only God's strength that's gotten you this far and that's going to get you through. Okay, lastly today, we can praise God in the storm because even in the storm, he is wise. The psalmist wrote in verse 5, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. I love that. His understanding has no limits. In the end, God still has a plan. You know, he could, he could end the storm we're going through in an instant. But for some reason, he's letting it unfold the way it is and only he knows why. We can still sing his praise today because he understands where we don't understand. How often have we asked why 
especially in these times. Why is this happening, Lord? Why on earth aren't you stopping this, right? Why the pain? Why the death? Why the heartache? Why the suffering? We try to figure it out. We try to reason it out in our minds. We come to the same conclusion. We don't know. We don't understand. We never will. We have to recognize that God knows what we don't know. God understands stuff that we don't understand. And when we recognize that, we can sing his praise in confidence. We can, we can praise his name because of how amazing his knowledge and insight is. Do you remember that old song, Spanish Train? A real classic. It was banned in South Africa because God comes across as a loser. God and the devil are playing cards and the devil hides an ace up his sleeve, literally. And when God is not looking, he slips it out and he wins the game. And uh, Christoberg sings, the Lord didn't see what the devil did. What a load of rubbish. <laughs> what a load of rubbish. God is all seeing and all knowing. Right? Nothing can get past him. Nothing can get past him because his knowledge and his wisdom is limitless as our psalmist has reminded us today. A lady named Anne Spangler wrote a great book called Praying the Attributes of God. And she says this in this book. If the prospect of an all-seeing and all-knowing God sounds frightening, consider how frightening the alternative would be. What if God were all-powerful but not all-knowing? Like a bull in a china shop, an all-powerful God with limited understanding would inflict terrible damage with one simple mistake. He could commit horrible injustices, not because of ill will, but because he didn't have all the facts. Even if he were right most of the time, how could you rely on him and trust in his promises? I think she's right, friends. God has to be all-knowing. God has to have unlimited understanding. Otherwise, this universe would just be a series of unfortunate mistakes and we'd have absolutely no hope whatsoever. Thankfully, that's not true. God is unlimited in his understanding. And yet how often our prayers treated God, treat God as if he's less than this. How often we get caught in cycles of despair instead of remembering and trusting that he knows what he's doing. Can I remind you today that even as we see the death toll rising, and the suffering all around us. Even though God's heart breaks at the suffering, he's not baffled. He's not surprised. He's not unsure of his next move. He's not walking around up there with a whiteboard and a cokey pen trying to plan out how he's going to fix this. The devil hasn't gotten one up on God with this whole situation. God's plan is in effect, and he will see it through. We have to trust that he knows what he's doing. In fact, isn't the cross our ultimate reminder that even when the devil thinks he's won, he hasn't? Think of it. Jesus hanging dead on a cross. The devil must have thought, I've got this. I've defeated him. God must have been broken to see what had happened to Jesus on that cross. And yet God was still in control. His plan was still going on. All that suffering and all that heartache wasn't for nothing. God knew what his plan was, even though we didn't at the time. 
And so Paul and Silas could praise on that day. They were sitting in their jail cell, all seemed lost, but they said, God is wise. They knew that God had a plan. They knew they could trust in him, and so can we, friends. He has a history of making things right in his time. Let's, let's sing a song of praise today, friends. Let's trust in the wisdom of God. Let's trust that his understanding is unshakable and unlimited. And let's sing his praise because of that. I know things are tough, friends. I know the storm is raging. I know how much pain you're facing, and I'm not trying to minimize that. But you can count on God's understanding, even if you can count on nothing else today. And so Methodism was born in song, right? Whatever life threw at the early Methodists, they sang. They sang God's praise, very much like Paul and Silas. Whatever, whatever was thrown at them, they sang his praise. Well, we're in a storm right now, friends. You know, maybe you haven't been beaten and jailed like Paul and Silas, but some of you are very sick. Some of you are lonely. Some of you are facing the worst times of your life. Some of you have dealt with death. Some of you are financially ruined. But even in the storm, even in the storm, we're going to sing. Even in the storm, we're going to have a song of praise in our hearts. And I pray that as we're going to sing now, you're going to sing along. I pray that as we sing some songs of praise to close the service, you're going to not worry about your voice, but you're going to look at this God and know that he's our delight and he gives us joy when we praise him. I pray that as you sing, you're going to know that he's compassionate, healing our broken hearts, binding up our wounds. You're going to sing because he is strong and he is our strength, sustaining us through the storm. And you're going to sing because he's wise and you can trust in him. And so we're going to sing now. Uh, take this time. Don't worry about what anybody around you thinks if you've got family with you. Don't worry about the sound of your voice. Just fix your eyes on the God who is great and sing. Come, let's pray before we do. Yes, Lord, even in the storm, we can come to worship. Even in the season of our lives, Lord, we come with a song in our hearts to worship you and give you praise. And so as we sing now, hear the cry of our hearts, we pray. Times may be tough. Our hearts may be sore. There may be tears in our eyes, Lord, but we come to praise you in the storm. And so hear our songs now as we pray and be glorified, be lifted high, be magnified as we do so, we pray. Splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. And 
This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long Perfect submission Perfect delight Visions of rapture Now burst on my sight Angels descending Bring from above Echoes of mercy Whispers of love This is my story This is my song Raising my Savior All the day long This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect obedience, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Friends, I pray that you are going to have a worshipful week, even in this storm. I pray that no matter what you're going through, you'll have a song of praise in your heart as you walk through the next week. Come, let's share the benediction and just bless each other with these words. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.